0: Matthew 16. We're gonna be working at looking at verses sixteen to eighteen. When you have it speak to me, Lord. You have it speak to me, Lord. Okay, I'm I'm waiting. I'm not I'm not gonna push you. Amen. Somebody tell them the page number in the red Bible. 16, 792 What is it? Matthew 16, 797. Page 797. 797 in your Bibles, in the Red Bibles. Amen. And it reads, Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jodah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades or the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven And whatever you loose on earth, hallelujah, will be loosed in heaven. 2 Peter, 2 Peter, we're only going to look at one verse in 2 Peter. 2 Peter, the first chapter, the first verse. Page number, what is it? 983, page 983 page 983. We're going to look at the second chapter, the first chapter, I mean the second Peter, the first chapter, the first verse. You have it? Speak to me, Lord. Amen. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to stop right there. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. For those of you who have been with us in our studies, you will recognize that Simon Peter in this new letter that he is writing is a confident Peter. In this new letter that Peter is writing, we see a man who has gone through the storm But he will, or he has come out strong and victorious. How do do we know this? We know this because we know Peter's history. We have seen him in the first letter that he had written to the churches in the dispersion. We have seen him in the first letter that he had written to the people that had to leave their homes and their families and their jobs that were fleeing for their very life because they were being persecuted because of their faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. We saw in 1 Peter how Peter was continuing to minister to the church because the people were going through a lot of suffering. And, and that's one thing that we as believers have to do for one another. When we see that somebody in the faith or somebody in the family is suffering, we need to be there to offer comfort, words Amen. of encouragement Amen. to them Amen. in the midst of their Amen. suffering and their trials. Amen. And as we looked at uh, First Peter, we saw how Peter not only ministered to them in their suffering, but he Kept telling them if they just hold on to God's unchanging hand, that they just continued to hold on to God's unchanging hand, that God was going to bring them out of that circumstance. Victorious, and that is the same thing that God wants to say that each of us this morning, no matter what it is that we may be going through in our life, that we continue to hold on to God's unchanging hand. That God is going to bring us out of our circumstance, He's going to bring us out of our situation, and He's going to bring us out victorious. Amen. I want you to remember from last week's sermon that when Peter Finish the letter to uh, the churches. The last bit of instructions before he gave his salutations and greetings to all the people that he was writing the letter to, the last bit of instructions that he gave them, he said, No matter what it is that you're going through, realize that God does not want you to be anxious and God does not want you to be worried. We remember that we read uh, 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 in, uh, uh, thank you Jesus, 1 Peter 5 last week when God took us to the Amplified Version and it said, cast the whole of your care, cast all your concerns, all your worries, all your problems on God and we remember where God said to do it once and for all. We, we remember that from last week, Amen. where God says, when you take your burdens to me, I, I don't want you to keep taking them to me and, and then taking them back. I don't want you to keep get, bringing them to me and then taking them back. God said, I don't want you to be anxious about anything. And if you didn't hear the sermon from last week, then those on Facebook, pull it up. You'll be able to find it, okay? But God said, he doesn't want us to be anxious He says that we're to give the whole of our care to God. And we saw how he broke it down and he said, The reason that you can do this is because I care for you affectionately. And I care about you watchfully. Now we went into a little thing with that. We're not going to go into it again today. But you can look it up when you listen to the sermon for last week. But Peter was assuring them. That once they gave their problem to God, they could trust God and believe God that God would work it out. Amen. We, we sing songs like, Jesus will work it out. Jesus will work it out if you let him. Say, why are you trying to figure it out? The Lord has already worked it out. Amen. So this is the kind of faith that God wants us to have this morning. But I want us to look at Peter. And I just want you to look at that one verse in Peter right now. Peter is confident in his faith. I want you to notice how he starts this letter off in Second Peter. I want you to notice that he doesn't start the letter off in any negativity. I want you to notice that he doesn't start it off talking about the hard times and the trials that they've gone through. But he starts it off with the most important thing in his life. And how does he start it off? He starts it out off by saying who he is and whose he is. I want you to notice that. When Peter starts this letter off, he starts the letter off with who he was and whose he was. He starts the letter off by telling them his name. Now, brothers and sisters in Christ, I ask you to look at that scripture in Matthew 16 again. That's why I had you look at it. Peter starts off by telling them his name. And he says to them, my name is Simon Peter. My name is... Is Simon Peter? Now you need to ask yourself the question: Why would he choose to use his entire name? Why didn't he just say that his name was Peter? Well, if you read in Matthew 16 that I had you turn to, when Jesus had asked the disciples, "Who do people say that I am?" and Peter had spoke up. And said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus does something that He does throughout Bi- throughout the Bible. He says to him, I'm gonna change your name. No longer are you gonna be called Simon, but you're gonna be called Peter. And the reason that Simon Peter, when he opened this letter, that he gave his full name was because he was proud of the fact that God had changed his name. So you say to yourself, Pastor, why did God change his name? If you read throughout scripture, you'll see time and time again where God changes people's name. When he changed Abram's name to Abraham. When he changed Sarai's name to Sarah, when he changed Saul's name to Paul, why is it that God changes people's name? Because he changes their name to give them the ministry that he plans on them operating in. And he changes their name And brothers and sisters in Christ I'm asking you to get this from your head To your heart He changed Peter's name Because he saw something in Peter That nobody else saw Amen. Amen. He changed Peter's name From Simon To Peter Because he saw something in Peter That nobody else saw Jesus says, your name is going to be called Peter, which means a rock, which means a big boulder. So he's saying to Peter, before you were weak in your own flesh, before you you uh, 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 denied me and you, you uh, uh, cursed and all this other kind of stuff. But he's saying, now I want you to know, Peter, uh, Simon, I see something in you. I see something in you, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to change your name so that when people call you Peter, you'll realize that I'm working inside of you to make you strong, to make you a a, a fortress of God, to make you someone that can stand on what the word of God says. Peter, God changed Simon Peter's name because he wanted Peter to now have a life where he walked in faith. That's the same thing that God is saying to each of us this morning. Yes, Lord. When people look at you, what they do is they see this old Simon. When they looked at Simon Peter, they saw the old Simon. But when God looked at Simon Peter, he saw Peter. Do you see the difference? Amen. God is saying that when people look at you, they look at where you used to be. They see you where you used to be. They see you what you used to do. But God said that when he looks at you, he sees so much potential inside of you. When he looks at you, he doesn't look at what you used to be. And he doesn't even look at where you are right now per se. But what he does is he looks at you and he sees the young girl, young women, the uh, men, the boys, the, the the whoever, the fathers, the husband. He sees in you what he sees, and God says, "I'm going to use the circumstances that you're in, in order to make you into the person." That I know you can be. The reason that I had you going through. What you're going through right now. Is because I want to make you into the person. That I know that you can be. If I allowed you to remain where you are. Where you're just comfortable doing your thing. That would never push you to become the person. That I know inside of you that you can be. My brothers and sisters in Christ, I want you to understand that when Simon Peter told his name, he was saying, this is who I am. I am a child of almighty God. Amen. When I was born, I was born Simon, but Jesus changed my name to Peter. So I don't want you to get it twisted. I want you to know when you get this letter. That this letter is not just from anybody, Mm -hmm. but this letter is from Simon Peter, the man that has been called to be used by Almighty God. Mm -hmm. But not only does uh, Peter identify who he is, I want you to look at that one verse. He says, I am Simon Peter. Okay. I am an apostle of our Lord. How does he put it? Thank you, Jesus. I am a servant and an apostle of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Now, in this one verse is so much meat that you need a knife and a fork to dissect it. He says here, my name is Simon Peter. I am a servant. The first thing I want you to notice is that he identifies what God has called him to do before he identifies the position that God put him in. Mm. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I need you to get this. When the original Greek that this was written in, Simon Peter did not refer to himself as a servant, but he referred to himself as a slave. If you have any of the old translations, you'll see where Simon Peter says, I am Simon Peter, a slave of our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Mm -hmm. But some of the translators, because the root word that it came from could be translated servant, it could be translated bond-servant, or it could be translated slave. It was the same word. But Peter used the word slave for a point. He used the word slave to make a point as to his relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. I want you to understand that Peter considered himself to be a slave. Why? Because he had given up everything he had and everything he was and everything that he ever hoped to be in his own strength for the cause of our Lord and Savior. A slave doesn't own anything. Amen. A slave does not own everything a slave has comes from the master. Everything the slave needs is provided for by the master. Everything that the uh, where the slave is supposed to go and the direction he's supposed to lead it, all of this is dictated by the master. And that's why Peter says, "I am a slave of the my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, because I have given up everything that I am to be a follower of my Lord and Savior. He is saying, in effect, that Jesus is his provider. He is saying that Jesus is his sustainer. He is saying that Jesus is his comforter. He is saying that Jesus is his everything. My brothers and sisters in Christ, that's the place where God wants to get each and every one of us to. And in order to help you to understand it a little bit better... I've asked you to turn in your Bibles to Philippians 3. We're going to look at verse 7 and 8. Peter says, I am a slave. I am a slave of my Lord. and Son. I don't Nothing that I have belongs to me. Everything that I have belongs to Almighty God. Philippians 3, verse 7 and 8. When you have it, speak to me, Lord. Give me a minute. Philippians 3, verse 7 and 8. What page? Oh, I'm sorry. I my phone, I'm sorry. Oh, you, you. <laughs> what? 952. Page 952. 952. Amen, 952. Everybody turn to it. Philippians 3, verse 7 <clears> and 8. <throat> now this is so powerful. This is so powerful. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have what? Lost all things. I consider them garbage in the NIV, but in the King James, it says, I consider them as dung. Dung is cow manure. Dung, uh, dung is dung. Okay. He says, I consider them dung. Or everything I lost, I consider them nothing but garbage. That I may gain Christ. Mm-hmm. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you need to get this from your head to your heart. In this text, it's Paul talking. But Paul's sentiments are are the same sentiments that Peter had. Do you understand? Peter is saying that he has lost, given up everything for the cause of Christ. He is saying that this is the place where God wants us to be. He is saying that everything that I consider to be important in my life, everything that I consider, my money, my wealth, my position, my good looks, my, my family, yeah. my, my home, my, yeah. my, my whatever, everything that I counted as value in my life, I consider them now as lost because I had to turn from everything to put Jesus first in my life. Amen. My brothers and sisters in Christ, have you put Jesus first in your life? I, I, I want you to notice that the title of the sermon in the bulletin was, Who do you serve? Who, who is it that you serve? Who is it that is first in your life? I think sometimes because we have talked about the cross and, and, you know, we sing about the cross and we work crosses around our neck, that sometimes we have lost the the joy and the excitement of understanding what took place at that cross that God was at that cross and Jesus became sin so that we could be set free that at that cross there was an exchange that Jesus became sin and he took his righteousness and parted it unto us Amen. that's how we can walk around now as the righteousness of almighty God I think sometimes we take the cross so for granted yes, we do. because we have heard about it so often You don't have that excitement, that excitement about what Jesus did for you at the cross as you once did. The excitement of knowing that you've been born again, that you've been saved, that you are now a new creature in Christ Jesus. Where is the excitement? If you were excited about it, you would share that with more people. Amen. Amen. But it's become second second, uh, nature, whatever. We we, we don't have that excitement about it. I want you to notice that God says here through the apostle Paul, everything that I considered important, my money, my job, my prestige, I lost it all. But when I realized what I gained, when I realized what I gained, I lost it all. But when I realized what I gained, I realized that what I gained was so much more important and so much more valuable and so much more of giving me the peace and the the joy that I need, that I now count it all as loss. Peter says to them, my name is Simon Peter. You saw me as Simon only. But Jesus saw me as Peter, because He saw my potential. He could see inside of me and see what He could make out of me. And brothers and sisters in Christ, just for your, just to let you know. God tells us in the book of Revelation that He has a new name written for each and every one of us. Amen. Amen. We don't know what that new name is. Amen. You don't know what that, but God is working inside of you right now, shaping and molding you into the, a person that will fit the name that he already has recorded Amen. for you. That's why you're going through. Because he's trying to shape you and mold you to fit that name. Amen. Amen. I love that. Amen. I love that. Notice what else it says. It's Peter says, I am a servant, I am a slave, I am an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now for those of you who don't know and like to take notes, the word apostle means sent one. Sent, S-E-N-T, one, which means one that God sent out. Now there are some people in this world today and this is between them and God who walk around calling themselves apostles. Well, scripture teaches us there's three criteria for an apostle. The first criteria is that they must have visually with their eyes seen the resurrected Lord. Mm. They have to have visually with their eyes, either in a vision or in their day, in biblical day, to have visually seen Jesus, okay? The second criteria for an apostle is they must have the miraculous powers of the Holy Spirit being manifested in their life. Every apostle, Paul, all of them, when he became an apostle, they did signs and wonders, followed their ministry. Okay? And the third criteria for an apostle is that they have to have been sent by God. Okay? Okay? So those are the that's why I, in my own personal thing, but I tell people it's between them and God. I think there's very few actual apostles in this earth realm today. But there are quite a few who walk around calling themselves apostles. But that's because they've not studied the word of God. Amen. Amen. But at any rate, that's a whole different sermon. Peter says, I am Simon Peter. A slave of a slave and apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Apostle means a sent one, as I said. So Peter is saying to them, Okay, I have been chosen by God to go out and be the man, the witness that God has called me to be. He's called me to be an apostle. He said, Now, in the olden days, when I was just Simon, I would have had apostle first instead of slave because I would have been puffed up with the fact that God had called me to be an apostle. But since now I operate more under Peter, under the new Peter, okay, I, I, I don't glory in the fact that God called me to be an apostle because I have sat down and I counted the costs. I've sat down and I counted the costs. And I know the cost of being a follower, a true follower of our Lord and Jesus, Savior Jesus the Christ is gonna cost us. The the cost of being a true disciple of our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ is not something that is to be taken lightly. So the question is for us: how in the world did Simon Peter get to the place where he was, that he could now count everything that he had as lost in just being able to say that he has been saved. And he, how did he get to that place? Turn in your Bibles again. And this time I want you to do it on your phones. And I want you to look it up under the Amplified. Okay, Hebrews 12, verse 2. How did Peter get to the place that he could say, I'm a slave. The the same Peter that was so braggadocious, the same Peter who was always, you know, loudly proclaiming this now he's saying, I've lost everything. But I counted all. How did he get to that place? The answer is plainly given out in Hebrews twelve, verse two. That's why we don't have a slide because we only needed one verse. Amplified version. You have it on your phones? Okay, you ready? looking away from all that would distract to Jesus Christ, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief and is is also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. He for the joy, and this is going to touch somebody's spirit, He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, Mm -hmm. and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. How did Peter get to the point where he said that I've lost everything, but it's nothing in comparison to what I gained? The way that Peter could do this was for the joy that was set before him. You say, Pastor, what do you mean? Look at this verse. We're going to first look at the joy that was set before Jesus. How did Jesus get to the point that he was able to endure that cross? How did Jesus get to the point that he didn't run from the soldiers? How did Jesus get to the point that he didn't call 10,000 angels to come down and defend him so nobody could have nailed him? To How did he do that? Scripture says that he did it because of the joy that was set before him. Look at what this text says in the Amplified. It says what we need to do is look away from everything that will distract us from Jesus. How do we do it? How do we become like Peter, like Paul? How do we become like Jesus? God says we got to fix our eyes on Jesus, which means, as the Amplified says, turning away from everything that will distract us from him. From everything and everyone that will distract us. What is it? That is distracting you from Jesus. What is it that is distracting you that is causing you not to wholeheartedly give your life to Christ? What else does it say? It says realizing that Jesus is the one who gave us faith in the first place. Okay. And remembering what God tells us in Romans 12, 3. We talked about it yesterday at Bible study. Where God said He has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Mm-hmm. That faith comes through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Right. How was Jesus able to endure the joy that was? You said what joy? What 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 joy? What joy was there being nailed to the cross? The joy of paying for our salvation. That's why He didn't buck going to the cross. The joy that set. Uh, was set before, the joy of defeating Satan on his own territory. The joy that was set before him, the joy of bringing many brothers and sisters to God the Father. That was the joy, knowing that when he died and paid the price and people came to a believing faith in him, that God would have more children than he would have more. That was the joy that caused Jesus to continue on. What joy was it that kept Jesus going that he didn't turn from the the joy of hearing his father say, well done, thou art my beloved son. You remember hearing Jesus, uh, God, the father saying that to Jesus when he was baptized, when he came out of the water, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So he knew the joy of hearing that and the joy of completing his mission On this earth. Brothers and sisters in Christ, if you remember the seven last words when Jesus cried out, It is finished. It is finished. That was the joy that was set before him, the joy of completing everything that God had called him to do. Mm. Can you imagine that joy? God said, We are to have that same kind of joy. But our joy, is a joy of obedience. Mm-hmm. A joy of obedience. Where God looks at you and says, You well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. Come on up a little bit higher, and I'll make you ruler. Uh, that's the joy. That is set before the way that we can count everything that we have to give up and not all oh, I had to stop doing this and I had to stop doing that and I can't do th-. God said all of that stuff will seem like nothing but trash. God said the things of the world will lose their pull on you. I heard someone tell me a couple of weeks ago that somebody in their family that the world, the streets still had a pull on them. Do the streets still have a pull? on you? Does the world still have a pull on you when you operate in the joy of obedience? The pull of the world will get lesser and lesser. The joy of standing in faith. The joy of saying, Lord, I don't understand. I don't know what you're doing here in redeeming love. I know so many people have not come back after the pandemic. and I don't know what you're doing, but Lord God, I'm standing in faith. Mm -hmm. I'm believing that you're going to bring people in that need a saving knowledge of Christ. I believe that you're going to bring people in that need to be fed the pure, unadulterated word of God. Mm -hmm. The joy that is set before you, the joy of trusting God. Do you know what a joy it is to trust God? Mm. Whatever it is you're going through. Trusting God is a joy Hmm. because trusting God removes the stress, Mm -hmm. the anxiety, the tension out of the situation where you can say God's got it. Amen. That's the joy that is set before you, the joy of seeing your prayers answered. The joy of seeing your prayers, that is the joy that is set before you. The joy that will ultimately keep you going is the day that we see Jesus face to face. How did Peter give it up? How did those people that Peter is writing this letter to that have fled from their homes and their jobs and their families that had to leave everything So that they would not have to deny. How did they do that? For the joy that was set before them. Focus on the joy. God is saying to you this morning. That you need to focus on the joys in your life. And not on the sorrows and the pain. God is telling us this morning. That just like Peter said. He was a slave and apostle of our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. He is saying, I follow the one who is the anointed one. I follow the one who is the Savior of the world. I follow the one that is my Redeemer. I follow the one that is the promised Messiah. He uses Jesus' whole name. The Lord Jesus Christ. We talked about that yesterday in Bible study, using Mm -hmm. Jesus' full name. He used Jesus' full name because, again, he didn't want the people to get it twisted. Amen. Just like he used his full name, he didn't want the people to be twisted as far as who the letter was from. He uses Jesus' full name because there was a lot of people in those days that their name was Jesus. You know that the word Jesus means Savior. You know that the name Joshua is the same name as Jesus. So there was a lot of people in biblical names, days that had the name Jesus. Okay. There are a lot of people today, and especially in Spanish speak, some Spanish speaking countries that their children are named Jesus. I think the name is Jesus, but it's spelled J-E-S-U-S. So he uses Jesus's full name because he says, I don't want you to get it twisted. I want you to understand that the Jesus that I'm talking about is the Messiah. Mm -hmm. The Jesus that I'm talking about is the anointed one. Mm -hmm. The Jesus that I'm talking about is the one who is worthy of my total devotion. The Jesus that I'm talking about is the one true and living God. The Jesus that I'm talking about is the giver of grace and peace. Mm -hmm. The Jesus that I'm talking about is the giver of eternal life, and godliness. Peter says this is who it is. That I serve. Question for you this morning. Who is it. That you serve. Who is it. That you serve. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Most holy and all wise father. We love you Lord. Lord God the maker of the entire universe, the sustainer of everything, the one that keeps the planets from running into each other, the one that changes the seasons faithfully every year, the one who provides us with sun and water and air for us to breathe, the one who loves us so much that he gave his life for us. Lord, that's the one that I serve. And I pray that that's the one that all of us will one day serve. My name is Simon Peter. I am a slave. I am an apostle of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. And amen. I want us to listen to this song. It's called Broken But Healed. Peter had to be broken before he could be healed remember that Peter had to be broken before he could be healed turn it up a little bit you remember when Jesus met him at the seashore and he said Simon son of Jonah do you love me more than these Broken, you brought your birds. Brought your the I have a for you. All heads bowed and all eyes closed. All heads bowed. Just allow God to minister. <clears throat> All eyes closed, all heads bowed. So you tell me you've been to your position. Oh, yes. The action has been no change in your condition. We try to help each Oh, touch no the master's hand. Hand touch his hand right now. Right now in faith. Just reach out and touch him. God said there's healing for your body and healing for your soul. This is the song and Sheree. that I always see in my mind y'all did like dancing to this. I could just see you like the old people of old just swaying to the knees oh yes he has a miracle to fit your needs trust that's the joy once you trust him you will receive once you trust him that's the joy that is set before him. God knows about your situation. God knows your situation. But with every test and every trial every test and every trial there is revelation. There is revelation. That's what God is trying to reveal to you. God is revealing that to you right now. It, touch yes, touch it. Oh, 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 oh. You're set He'll set you free. Set you free. Yes, he it. You, yes, oh, yes, he, he prompts. He, 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 he can heal. He can deliver. He can a man, he can mend your brokenness. He has a miracle he, to get your need. Once you trust him. Once you trust him. Once you trust him. Once you trust him. Just trust it. So by, by the time that you leave this building, that you leave this place today, my prayer for everyone here is that you'll have your healing. God wants to give you healing before you leave. Yes, your healing, my healing, in the name of Jesus. Tom's healing, in the name of Jesus. Oh, I receive it now. I receive it now. God, He no has a miracle to fit your knee. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord that you'll receive. Yes. That's right, baby. I have yes. Yes, you will receive. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. I receive your healing. I receive it right now. Telling. I receive it right now. Telling. I, right Tell I receive it right now. I have received. Come on, y'all, in believing faith. I receive it, Lord. I receive it, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We have a prayer room right there, right there. If anybody feels the need to just go in there and talk to God, and we can have somebody go in with you if you want someone, or you can go in by yourself. It's our prayer room. We have a cross on the wall where we put prayer requests under the cross. You feel the need to talk to the Lord a little bit more. That room is always open. I don't want us to ever forget that it's there. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord I have received. Amen. Right? Amen. Thank the Lord I have received. What I'm praying for, what I'm asking for right now. That's the joy that is set before you, standing in believing faith. I hope and pray that you can get this from your head to your heart. Amen. That all of us can get this from our head to our heart. Amen. 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 Now comes time.